name of Jesus, we stand before you this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that this is the day you've made, and so we choose right now to rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you what the Word says, that the Word of God is alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's so sharp that it will actually divide between a person's soul and their spirit. And God, we need that in these days. We need that in these days. And we thank you for the word of God dividing this morning between our soul and our spirit. And we have ears to hear what the spirit would say this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. Amen. Alright y'all, so listen up. Okay, last week, and if you weren't here last week, I really encourage you to go and watch the video or go, is it on SoundCloud yet? It will be this afternoon on SoundCloud if you're just driving along and you want to listen to it on your iPod or whatever you download onto. Um, if you're watching the Facebook Live video from last week, I encourage you not to do that while you're driving, okay? Uh, <laughs> so there, there's my plug for safety. Safety first. Um, anyway, last week I shared a message that God had put on my heart for 2021 and basically it was come out from among them and be ye separate, right? That was last week. And uh, this week I'm going to kind of springboard off of that. Um, but the title of my message this week is The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Dash starving Christians. Alright? So, you're probably thinking, looking at me knowing that woman is not starving. In fact, she's twice the woman she was when she moved here. Minnesota's been good to me in uh, various places. Anyway, um, I am not starving, but I want, to, uh, I want to challenge you this morning with something that God's just been speaking to me uh, over the last couple months, basically. But after, um, after last week with us uh, being encouraged about this coming year to separate ourselves from certain things, and then the week before that to be full of grace, full of gratitude to God, uh, I believe that this message is, is just perfect for, um, for a follow-up on those. Anyway, so the Hunger Games, Starving Christians. Um, there are so many resolutions. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? Anybody make a New Year's resolution? Nobody? <laughs> All right, well, I did. I made, I made a couple. Um, how many of you have high hopes for 2021? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. How many of you believe it's going to be better than 2020? Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, that's great. Uh, I'm not going to ask you any more questions because I don't like the answers. So I'll just put them, I'll just put them out rhetorically on the, uh, on the Facebook Live video then or on the video for uh, YouTube. So there's lots of changes and good things to pursue. Um, we have a grandbaby coming in 2021. Absolutely the best thing that will happen this year or, or close to the top, you know. Uh, we, we got a son-in-law in 2020. So even though there were lots of other things that were not that great, that's got to absolutely be one of the top, top points of our year. Right, Chai? Yes. All right. Today, today I want to talk to you about starving Christians all over the world. And even here in this town, and maybe you look around, you look around at the group of us, you know, and except for um, 
our very skinny boy here up here, you may think she can't be talking about any of us in here. Nobody in here looks like they're starving. Half of you actually went out and got your snacks for during the service, you know, and you're, you're munching right now. So there's no starving Christians in here, right? Well, we'll see. Um, I want to talk to you about starvation and the... Um, the, I have five signs of starvation here today and I want to parallel them to our lives because God, God is speaking to his church. He's always speaking to his church. But one of the things that he's speaking uh, to us, you know, he spoke to us last week about being separated unto him, being separated from the things of the world, separated from the sin, separated from the fear, separated from the identity, right? So we're going to talk about um, starvation today. So there are five signs for starvation that um, there are all kinds of signs, but these are the five main ones. If you're going to write these down, you sure can. Uh, the first one is lethargy. Okay, lethargy. Um, why? Because uh, calories are fuel for your body. Anybody ever have that in like third grade, third grade um, um, health class? Anyway, uh, so your calories are fuel for your body and if you don't take in fuel, you'll run out of gas and then as a physical body you run out of energy, that's right. So you'll experience um, a lack of energy and a, a decrease, you know, in, in your motivation or your ability to uh, move. Okay, so sign number one is lethargy. We're going to go through these five signs and then we're going to see what God says about them. Okay, number two, the, another sign, a big sign of starvation is always feeling cold. Okay, your body temperature, your core body temperature being lower than what it should be. Okay. You might feel like, oh, you need extra sweaters um, to bundle up. Now, now, actually being cold is a sign of other, you know, uh, things that are wrong with your body. But when you are star in starvation mode, one of the things that you will see is that uh, the calorie restriction lowers your core temperature. All right? So you might be uh, cold all the time. Okay? The third major... Um, major sign of starvation of a person that's in starvation mode is constipation. They are not able to uh, to fully process uh, anything that goes into their body because there is very little going into their body. Okay, so that is that is something that uh, you will see with people that are in starvation mode. Their body stops putting out waste. Okay. The next one, number four, is depression. Mental health issues stem from a variety of things and, you know, maybe you deal with some mental health issues, maybe you don't. Um, maybe you don't even know what mental health issues are. But uh, when you are in starvation mode, the fact that you have nutrient deficiencies in the body that God made to run on certain things could cause um, your mood to be affected and your mental state to be affected. If you don't get enough fatty acids, if you don't get enough iron, folate, vitamin D in particular, you know, B vitamins, zinc, iodine, all these things affect your mental stability and ability. So depression is a big, a big one. Uh, 
when you're in starvation mode. Okay? Um, I told you there are five, there are actually six. Um, the <laughs> counting, not being able to count. Um, the next one would be a low immune system function. All right, when you are in starvation mode, for obvious reasons, you are more susceptible to sickness and disease because your body is not able to fight off certain things. Okay, you have a low immune function. And the last thing I want to mention in starvation mode is uh, loss of appetite. Loss of appetite is essentially uh, while you're moving forward in this starvation mode and your body has locked into this, you lose your desire to eat. Your body stops functioning at some point and it shuts down. Um, Funny thing that I was, I've been re I was reading about this, about this whole starvation mode thing. It's a thing, you know, it's actually a, like a syndrome, starvation is. And, um, and uh, you usually die of some other condition rather than starve to death. Like you don't get hungry and just get hungry till you die. You, your body usually, because of all these different things that I mentioned, all these different symptoms, you usually end up contracting something else and your body uh, gives way to whatever that particular thing is that you die of. Okay? So, I've mentioned these now. Now you feel, do you feel more intelligent now that you know all these symptoms of starvation mode. All right. So I want to do a spiritual comparison because this is what God has been speaking to me. And he said, uh, many believers, many of my people are in starvation mode. Uh, spiritually, they're in a dangerous place. And uh, so he, he's prompting me personally um, and see, you get the benefit of listening to me ramble every week or whatever you want to call it, uh, that God speaks these things to me to correct things in my own life. So he said uh, this to me. He said, many of my people are in starvation mode and they live there. And the problem with living in starvation mode is that at some point, physically at least, if you're in starvation mode, at some point it gets to be too late. And you contract something and you die. Um, and he says, I'm, I am opening the door for my people at this point in time to, to have their eyes open to the fact that they are living in starvation mode and they need to come out of it. And it's not too late right now. Amen? It's not too late right now. So we're going we're gonna to do this spiritual comparison of the very interesting physical things that I just told you about. Um, and we're going we're gonna to look at them spiritually. All right? Uh, hunger and thirst represent the strong need and desire for what? Food and water. Right? Food and water. And God has given us spiritual food and water. And if we aren't careful... We will go into, we will begin to starve ourselves and then go into starvation mode without even realizing it. And then we're living in it and we don't even realize it. Many people that are starving to death because of those different symptoms along with the mental uh, adjustments that come, they don't even realize that they're starving to death. And they are not even able 
to get themselves out. If you've ever seen some of the war movies, even the even the funny ones, you know, like the Bob Hope ones or whatever, they you know they have these these guys that have been in internment camps or whatever, you know, that have been out out you know shipwrecked at sea or uh, different things. And what happens when they take them and they put them in the hospital? What do they want? They want steak and they want potatoes and they want all you know gravy and biscuits and all these things if they brought those things to them it would overwhelm them physically and would could kill them right and God's God's been speaking to me that his church many 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 as a whole even now are in a starvation mode and the the heaviness of the spiritual things that they actually need right now if they took them all in would overwhelm them and they're not able to digest them which is what happens to someone physically that is in starvation mode they can't digest meat you have to give them you know, liquid diet little by little by little to get their body back to where it needs to be. And the church as a whole is at this place. And God has given us spiritual food and water. And if we're not careful and we don't maintain ourselves, we will begin to starve ourselves without realizing it and then eventually reach this plateau I guess you could call it spiritually and go into starvation mode and we don't want that to happen right why do we need to hunger and thirst because if we do not hunger and we do not thirst if we don't feel these things we don't know that we need to eat and drink right why do you think when a when a baby is born the, I don't know about you, but I had a bunch of babies and they all cried. <sighs> I had a few that would like cry all night long. Why do you think they cried every 30 to 45 minutes? Because they were hungry. I had one who was, he was so hungry all the time and his cry was like this. Eh, eh, eh. You know, it was like an alarm clock going off. And, uh, and Jim and I were like, Oh my gosh, that's just horrible. And he was hungry all the time. And uh, so we started, um, we started supplementing his, um, his, you know, with me nursing him, we started supplementing with, like, <laughs> hamburgers. <laughs> well, he wanted hamburgers pretty early. But, you know, we started supplementing with formula. And that calmed down the crying. Why? Because it's a natural reflex for an infant when they feel hunger or thirst or cold or some, something that's uncomfortable, they cry. That's what God has given them as their uh, mode of communication. But God's also given parents that ability to kind of like eep, turn it off a little bit. Um, either that or, you know, we go insane, right? Um, but we had one that he, he was born hungry and he lived hungry. He grew hungry, even when he was four and five years old. We would be, you know, with other friends that had little kids, and we'd all be sitting around the table, and we would hear, hear our little one say, you know, he's like three, four, five years old, like, hey, are you going to eat the quest? Are you going to eat the quest from your sandwich? And they'd be like, no. You know, he's like, I'll eat your quest. Because he would eat anything. You know, I would sit him in the high chair. He'd sit all day, and all he would do is eat. And that made him very happy, and it kept him from crying. 
And now, as, a, as an adult man, he's a fully functional adult. He's a wonderful man. He's a, a responsible citizen. He's a great husband and father. Um, but, you know, I don't think he cries now when he eats, when he's hungry. Uh, because he grew up. And, you know, I say all this to remind us that there's always a parallel in the spiritual realm to the physical realm. Right? So when we have baby Christians, when we have people that we're just bringing into the faith, and, you know, we think, my goodness, they're just so immature, you know, they're, what they're doing, they're crying for food. Crying for milk, basically, because that's what they can handle. They're hungry. And if we don't feed that and teach them that you, you hunger and you thirst and you need to satisfy it, with the Word of God and with time in His presence and with the things of God, if we don't teach them that, then at some point they learn to ignore those hunger pangs and eventually they go away. Am I right? We need to hunger and thirst because if we don't, we will begin to starve ourselves spiritually. And so we're going to go over these starvation uh, symptoms that we just went over, except we're going to put them over into the, into the spiritual realm of our lives, all right? The first one is lethargy. Maybe you might find yourself in here, so if you do, I, I want to I make sure that you understand it's not too late. It's not too late. If you're sitting here, you're breathing. Well, you should be, right? Anybody here not breathing? Right. If you're watching us online, except for Ken, if you're watching us online, we're assuming you're still alive. If you're still alive, there's still hope. Amen? There's still hope for you. So, number one is lethargy, a lack of energy, apathy concerning spiritual things. Sometimes it's just taking things for granted, you know, that leads us into this apathy concerning spiritual things. Um, this is a sign of starvation mode. The apathy concerning spiritual things. Enough said. All right. The second one is feeling cold. Um, and that could be no passion for life or for other people. No passion for other people. Why? Because it's all about me and my world and my stuff and my everything, and I've lost my passion for other people. That is a sign of spiritual starvation. Because if we do that, we have forgotten why Jesus came to earth. Jesus didn't come to earth just to um, keep himself busy or because it was a cool thing to do. He came to earth for people. The Bible says that he forever is at the right hand of God the Father. What is he doing? The Bible says he's making intercession for us, right? So even now, in his glory, everything's, everything that he came to do in those three years is done. Not everything that he has to do is done. But everything that he came to do in those three years is done. He has ascended to the Father. The Bible says that he actually has earned the name above every name with what he did for us. So, 
he's all that, right? He's the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega. He's, he's the author and the finisher. He's everything. The Bible says that everything sums up in Christ. But yet he still sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for me. Even now, he, he does not consider himself finished with me. I'm still worthy of him spending his time and his prayer on me. And so are you. Amen? So if you're feeling cold, like you've lost concern or passion for people, you might want to ask God if you're in starvation mode spiritually. Have you allowed yourself to slip into that? And you know, I will tell you that not all of these six, if you do a little bit of research, there are a few other, um, you know, like hair loss and a few other things. Eventually, um, you know, maybe your belly swelling or, you know, there are some different things that you may read about. I picked the six major symptoms, but um, you may feel like, well, I don't have all of these. But you don't have to have every symptom of starvation to be in starvation mode. There are different, there are, you, you enter into starvation mode when your body has become so accustomed to being starved of food and water, food and or water, either one, uh, you know, dehydration is just starvation of, of liquid, right? And so when you enter into that place where your body starts to become so accustomed to it that you begin to show some of these symptoms, you're in starvation mode whether you have all of them or one of them. So there's lethargy, which is basically apathy concerning spiritual things. There's feeling cold, no passion for life, no fire left in you. Yes? For life or for people, which is why we're here. And I always like to bring up that wonderful phrase that I heard a man of God say, um, uh, ministry is awesome. Ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> well, ministry is people. And if we lose sight of that, particularly as ministers, if we lose sight of the fact that really the only reason we're in ministry or whatever you want to call it is for people, then there really becomes no, um, there becomes no purpose for the ministry anymore. Okay? We're not in it for projects. We're not in it for buildings. We're not in it to grow, um, to grow uh, uh, corporations or corporate type of ministries. We're in it for people. That's it. As ministers of the gospel, the Bible is very strict. It says that, that uh, those that are called to ministry actually have a higher... Um, uh, a, a higher... Uh, what? Standard, a high, not a higher reputation. Judgment. Right? A higher, standard, a higher standard of judgment. I couldn't think of the word. Uh, um, obviously not a higher level of intelligence. But, or memory recall. But the, 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 the Bible says that if you're in the ministry, God puts a, a higher standard on you when it comes to judgment. And I don't think it's just God judging you. I believe that other people around. And we need to keep ourselves as ministers of the gospel to a standard where we lead, to a standard where we lay our lives down for people. That's what we're called to do. That's really all we're called to do. 
is to lay our lives down for people. And if you have lost that complete desire, you have no passion for the call of God or for people, you're in starvation mode. And maybe, you know, maybe you're having like a bad day, like, oh, I hate people, you know. They get on my nerves. And maybe it's just a fleeting thing as today. So I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you're chronically tired of people and don't want to have anything to do with them, uh, feeling cold towards people, I would say you need to check your heart because you might be in starvation mode. All right? So we have the lethargy, we have the feeling cold. The next thing we have is the constipation. And somebody might think, like, what in the world is she going to talk about? <laughs> All right? Um, we, are, we are made to be uh, conduits. Amen? For the Spirit of God. And we are supposed to be a constant channel of the blessing of God to other people. Whether it be something that God drops into our hearts and minds to speak. Whether it be something that God puts into our hands to give. Whether it be, uh, you know, that God calls us to somewhere to lay down our lives and pour it out. Even Paul said, even now, I am poured out as a drink offering. There was a constant flow in his life of revelation, a constant flow in his life of service, a constant flow. There needs to be a constant flow in our lives. And if we lose that understanding and that revelation that whatever God gives to us is to give through us, then we, we become stopped up and we lose the ability to be channels of the blessing of God. And isn't that a very sweet way to spiritually um, describe constipation, right? Um, and, and you know, the, the fact of the matter is, everything that we are and everything that we have belongs to and is from Him. Paul said, the Apostle Paul, the one that wrote most of the New Testament said, I am what I am only by the grace of God. And if we get caught up in pride, we will get stopped up. Because if we get caught up in greed, we will get stopped up. If we get caught up in these things, we will get to the place where we are stopped up and the Spirit of God can't flow through us, finances can't flow through us, the blessing of God can't flow through us. Why? Because we are in starvation mode and we have shut down in that way. We have shut down. So there's lethargy. There's feeling cold, yes? And then there's, there's uh, the stopping or the constipation, right? Okay, so the next thing that we have is depression. Anybody ever have a depressing thought? <sighs> Maybe some of us have been through actual clinical depression. Maybe you're there today, okay? Um, when our thoughts are not the thoughts of God and our mindset is the frame for our view of our lives and we are in depression because of starvation, because we have been starving our mind and our hearts of the Word of God and the Spirit of God and time with God, we are depressed. And I want to submit to you today that if you are, uh, if you are feeling depressed, if you are uh, wondering if you're in a clinical depression, I'm not telling you to not go get help in any way. But I am telling you that it's very possible as a child of God, um, if you've been 
starving yourself spiritually that you might be in starvation mode. You may be in starvation mode. So we have the lethargy, the feeling cold, the constipation, the depression. The next thing that I mentioned was a low immune system. When you are in spiritual starvation mode, you are absolutely more susceptible to fall into temptation. Absolutely. If you're not keeping yourself where you need to be, you lose your defense system. You're not wearing your armor because you're not putting it on. So you have no weapons. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are mighty to bringing down what? Strongholds. It says not to beating people up or not to hurting people or not to getting people out of our way. Or It says to bringing down strongholds. These are spiritual things. Why? Because we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with rulers and powers and principalities. We are in this nation right now. We are in a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle. And if you are in starvation mode, your immune system spiritually is low. And you will be susceptible to spiritual disease and disorder. Amen? And you better put on your armor. Yes? The last thing is a loss of appetite. And this is the main one. Because once, physically, once you begin to starve, these symptoms may come up, but it's hard for you to fix them because you've lost your appetite. And it's your appetite that keeps you eating. It's your appetite uh, and your thirst that keeps you drinking. When you got that little baby and they're born and the first thing they do is ran, ran, you know, and you wrap them up and you swaddle them, then they cry again. That first cry that they're doing is because they're hungry. They're hungry, they're hungry, they're hungry. And eventually there have been studies that have been done of children that have been left in orphanages and no one came when they cried. And they would cry and they would cry and they would cry and then eventually they stopped. They stopped crying because they knew there would never be anybody to respond. So those little babies would lay there. Emotionally they were not fed. Um, spiritually they were not fed and physically they were not fed and they went into starvation mode and eventually would not even feel the hunger and if they even felt hunger they would not even let it be known because they knew that it would never be satisfied. It's heartbreaking because there are children even now right this minute that are laying in, in, in orphanages that are dirty, that are cold, and that are hungry, and they're silent. And at some point they'll be silent because of death. But this is a picture of where God's people go spiritually. They get into apathy, they get into lethargy, they, they, have, they lose their passion, they lose the flow, of the natural flow of the blessing of God and the grace of God through their lives and their immune system goes low and then, then they lose their appetite. It's the big one because this, this allows the starvation to kill you eventually because you don't eat. The hunger and thirst for the things of God has waned 
And sometimes, in some of us, they've totally disappeared. Some people may refer to it, use the word backsliding. And that's actually accurate because you're sliding backwards and then you get stuck in some kind of uh, position of starvation. Even if we're not in some kind of obvious gross sin. Do you know that people can be in starvation mode and you would never know it by looking at them? They can actually have some of these symptoms. You would never know it by looking at them. But they're actually, their body has actually begun the slide into, star, into full starvation. But they're, they're, they're still alive. And they can still be rescued. But they have to come back. I want to read a scripture to you from Matthew chapter 5. This is in the Beatitudes. By the way, Beatitudes is not, that word's not in the Bible. Right? I, I remember when we first got saved and we started reading the Bible and reading Bible teaching. I think it was Mar Marilyn Hickey did, uh, did a teaching on the Beatitudes. And she said, these are the Beatitudes. And I thought, isn't that cool how God did that? Beatitudes? And he put it into one word. <laughs> Then I realized it's actually, that's just something that man put there, the Beatitudes. And, you know, when we do children's ministry, we teach them the Beatitudes. Or it's called the Sermon on the Mount, right? You know, and it's, this is, these are the Beatitudes because you can be these things. You can have these attitudes and be what God wants you to be. Well, um, the Beatitudes are, uh, are also called the Sermon on the Mount. And this is when Jesus sat down and he started teaching the multitudes. And this is one of the things he said. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. I want to share with you what that word hunger means. Because that word hunger is very interesting. Obviously it means hungry, and you all know what hungry means. Some of you might be experiencing that right now. right? Um, that word for hunger is Pinao. Pinao. And it means to hunger or be hungry. I am hungry, needy, I desire earnestly. Okay? But it comes from the word penas. And that word is translated hungry or hunger. It's also translated poor. And it means indigent. It refers to one who works for a living, a laborer, a poor man. From a primary root word that means indigent, poor, or starving. So it's not, blessed are those who hunger like, oh, it's almost noon, time for my noon meal. You know, and you just have like a mental, oh man, it's time to eat, you know. Yeah, that makes me hungry. No, these, this word hungry means I absolutely am indigent. I absolutely am poor. Hunger spiritually is someone that is starving, that is so hungry, they are totally empty without God. And totally, totally Desperate for him. That's what this word hungry. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not just those nice Christians who, you know, 
go to church once a week. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Glad you're here. <laughs> Glad you're watching. Glad you're listening or whatever. But it's talking about a hunger that drives somebody to go out and work so he can eat. It's talking about a hunger of someone that's so poor that they have nothing and they're desperate. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied, the Bible says. Luke chapter 1 verse 53 says, He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has filled or satisfied the hungry with good things. And there's scriptures, and we're not going to go through all of them, but there's scriptures all through the Bible that talk about the satisfaction of desperate hunger. Right? He fills my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. He has filled the hungry or satisfied those that are desperately hungry with good things. Do you ever have a teenage boy? I had one once. He went through the, the, we had a bunch, but he went through the fastest, biggest, craziest growth spurt I've ever seen out of any boy I've ever had and any boy I've ever known as a teenager. And I've known a few. Um, he would come home from school. This is after we found out that he was doing double lunches at school because he kept saying, Mom, I need a new check. I need a new check for the lunch lady. She says, I need a new check. Like, dude, I just gave you a check. I know. I don't know why, Mom, but she said, I need a new check. Well, he didn't realize that it wasn't all you can eat. It wasn't a buffet. And every time he went back for a brand new tray, they would charge him, you know, for a second lunch. And um, he was eating double lunches, and I was sending him with food. Um, he would show up at the door after school and he would come in and he would have tears in his eyes and he would be shaking. And I'm like, what's wrong? Oh, I'm so hungry. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, you, you had lunch like an hour and a half ago. I know, Mom, but I'm hungry. I need to eat right now. Okay, so he'd sit down and he'd eat. And while he was eating and stuffing his face and shaking and satisfying that ravenous hunger, he would be asking me what was going to be for supper. <laughs> And then while he was eating supper, he would be asking what he would be allowed to eat before he went to bed. You know, because it was a constant, constant need for food. And that boy grew like eight inches, right, in, in six months of a school year. And he had to wear uniforms. And we, we tried to tell him that, that, that um, uh, what are they called, like, like um, the shorter pants, culottes, capris. We tried to explain to him, well, they're kind of in this year because his pants just got shorter and shorter, like fast. Boom, you know? And he's like, no, they're not. Not for boys. I'm like, okay. And we, we had to outfit him like four times that school year because he just grew and grew and grew and grew. He grew like crazy because there was a growth spurt. But there was insatiable hunger that went with it. And God was speaking to me about this. And he said, do you remember that? I said, oh, I remember that. That boy just ate all the time. And he said, this is what I want for my people right now. I want them to have a growth spurt right now. I'm willing to fill their hunger so much that they see phenomenal spiritual growth in their life and it's a growth spurt and they go from here to here and that's what the Bible is talking about when it says going from faith to faith and glory to glory. We do not have to wait 50 years to grow in God and become mature. Amen? We don't have to wait for that. 
And God wants to satisfy our hunger, but we have to have it. We have to come home, knock on the door and say, I'm so hungry, I have to have something right now. And if I don't, I'm going to die. God, what am I going to do if I don't have more of you right now? We have to be so hungry that we consume the Word of God. And we don't pick it up and go... <laughs> Anybody see my Bible? I don't know. I put it here like back in, in, uh, in, in 2018. Now it's not there anymore. I don't know what. Oh, it's under that pile of dust or the laundry that's sitting there. We need to, we need to consume the Word of God. And I'm preaching this to me. I'm preaching this to me. We need to be obsessed with God so that the hunger cranks back up. Amen? Absolute desperation. Desperate people do desperate things. Psalm 63, 1 says this. Uh, it's a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness. And he said, God, you are my God, and I will be watching for you, and my soul thirst for you and my flesh yearns or hungers for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. We need to be at the place, my friends, where we hunger and thirst for God like it's all, all that we need. He's all that we need. I believe that was profound when he said that today. He's all we have, yes, and he's all we need, absolutely. And if he's all we have and all we need, shouldn't he be all we are hungering for? Shouldn't he be all that we desire? Shouldn't he be all that we're living for? The Bible says that everything sums up in Jesus. Does our life sum up in Jesus? I ask myself that, you know. Here we are in a new year. Is everything that we're looking at have to do with Jesus and what he wants and his plans for this year? Or are we wrapped up in all the mess that's going on and all the craziness? Or are we wrapped up in, um, you know, the things of, of this earth, the things of our house and the things of our car and the things of our whatever, you know? That doesn't mean that we don't live here and deal with these things. But are we hungering and thirsting enough for God that he is all we have and all we need? Amen? Uh, God said in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth. Do you remember that? He's doing it. He's doing it. He's shaking it. But Jesus said that even the gates of hell won't prevail against his church. And so because of that, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not the peace that the world brings. And I will tell you that this is a mess right now, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow over. And then there's going to be shouts of peace. Well, now everything's good. Now everything, not the peace that the world brings. Well, now, now we're safe. Now this is good. Now things have loosened up. Now this, now that. Well, Jesus said, this is not the peace that I give you. The peace that I give you is the one that lasts forever and is not based on your circumstances and what the government says and what the government doesn't say and what they do and what they don't do and whether there's a vaccine or not a vaccine, whether your medicine works or your medicine doesn't work, you can still have peace. Amen? Amen? 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Why? Because the peace of God passes all our understanding and guards us, protects our hearts and our minds. Amen? So on that note, I will pray. And then those of us that are here will stay and we're going to turn off the, the thing after I pray. All right? So Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, for hunger and thirst. I ask you right now that if this is spoken to any person that's here with me or within the sound of my voice or that's watching me on video even years from now, that it would prompt us and it would prick our hearts to check ourselves and make sure that we haven't slipped into starvation mode or that we're even, even headed in that direction. Father, if we are lethargic, if we're lacking energy or apathy concerning spiritual things, if we're feeling cold and have lost the passion for life or for people, Father, if we're blocked up and, and, and the Spirit of God and the blessings of God and the grace and the joy of the Lord are not flowing through us, God, if we are, if we are of a low immune system right now and we are susceptible, Father, if we are a, a total loss of our appetite for the things of God, I ask you right now, Father, to shake us and to wake us up so that we would know the danger that comes with these symptoms, the danger that comes with starving ourselves spiritually, the danger that comes with allowing ourselves to slip and we would put a stop to it right now today. We would ask you right now, Father, to touch our hearts and heal them right now. Right now, right now. Touch my heart, Father God. Put a fire in there that's, that's not been in there before, Father. Heal the hurt. Heal the pain. Father, I just ask you right now to, to touch my mind, touch my heart, and give me a renewed vision for what you have for me in my life and in the days ahead so that I would pour out my life as an offering to you and make my life a sacrifice so that I would lose my life so that I might find it. So that I would pick up my cross and follow hard after you. And as the deer pants for water, that my soul would, would just thirst after you. That you alone would be my desire and that I would long for the presence of God in my life more than anything else. More than gold, more than silver, more than, more than anything else. More than recognition, more than security that the world gives, more than anything else. And I ask you to do that today, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for watching.